sin because of his disobedience, and how God has selected a king after his own heart. That would be David, the youngest of Jesse's sons. He has been selected and anointed, but that's not public knowledge. Uh, only uh, Jesse's family and Samuel knows about that. And uh, it, it's kind of impressive because he's not the kind of man that Samuel or even we might have expected God to choose because he was so young, he was the least of the sons, and so forth. But it just illustrates that God makes choices we wouldn't make. God can use people that don't impress us. And in fact, God is more glorified through those who are unimpressive to us. That's kind of what we were talking about, Luke. Um, so when other people not at that sacrifice, they're just like, did he just invite Jesse? I assume at least this part of the sacrifice was a private thing. Yeah, it's a good question, but it appears that people don't know this in general. Do you have some other comments or questions? We had a few hands still up and things like that when we quit. I don't know if anybody remembers something they were dying to say, but uh, you're welcome to if you uh, have something in your mind. Okay. All right, well, let's, uh, let's see what's going to happen from here then. We've got him anointed, but uh, where does this go? 14 to 23, 1 Samuel 16, verses 14 to 23. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord Terez. Saul's servants then said to him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God, Terez. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you. Let them seek a man who is a skillful player of the harp. And it shall come about, when the evil spirit from God is on you, that he will play the harp with his hand, and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me now a man who can play well, and bring him to me. Then one of the young men said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent in speech, and a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent his messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son, David, who is, from the flock, who is with the flock. Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, and a jug of wine, and a young goat, and sent them to Saul by David his son. Then David came to Saul and attended him, and Saul loved him greatly. And he became his armor bearer. Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David now stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. So it came about, whenever the evil spirit from God came to Saul, David would play the harp and play it with his hand, would take the harp and play with his hand, and Saul would be refreshed as he be well. And the evil spirit would depart from him. Alright, when David was chosen and anointed, verse 13 says that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Verse 14, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. So the Spirit went to David, the Spirit left Saul. Now that's, uh, that shows you how God was rejecting Saul's kingship. He was approving of and equipping David to become king. And while God withdrew his spirit from Saul, what did he send on Saul? An evil spirit. Saul is now terrorized by an evil spirit. And I don't know what all that did, but it seems that Saul went through bouts of paranoia, maybe depression, or whatever terms we might use for that and you know uh, what do you do to try to help somebody in that situation well of course you know what the biggest help would have been if he'd actually served the Lord this would not have been a problem but you know worldly people don't usually think about that as a solution to things so what do they offer 
What, what suggestion? It's music therapy. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> music therapy. Yeah, you know, some good soothing music. You know, that'll calm your spirit and that'll, that'll soothe you and, and, and make you feel better. And, and, and it's typical what the world offers. You know, the world's always offering some way to, to feel better, short of changing your life, short of turning to God. You know, it's, it's not the kind of stuff that's really going to, to work in the ultimate sense of the term. Uh, but, but it's kind of what the world usually thinks about when it comes to this kind of thing. And they've got to find, therefore, a, a good harpist. Well, lo and behold, who turns out to be the good harpist? David. David. Isn't that a uh, uh, fortunate coincidence here? <laughs> you know, and so David ends up being introduced to the government, to the court, you know, in kind of an innocent side role. He's the minstrel brought in whenever, you know, Saul is having a troubled time. And uh, they say some things about David in verse 18. It's kind of a good summary of his characteristics. You know, he's a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, prudent in speech, a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. That's pretty good, uh, pretty good characteristics here. And so, basically, David would come when Saul was going through a difficult time, and he would play the heart, uh, harp, and, 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 and Saul would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave, and, and things would be calmed down for Saul again. Now, there is a... a yes, Calvin. Um, you said that he's a mighty war man of valor. I thought he was just the boy. Well, you didn't let me finish my statement. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. So I'm glad you asked. Um, this is kind of interesting in that this seems like it's continuing to way beyond where we are right here. In fact, the next chapter is going to be David killing Goliath, and it doesn't appear that David, when he fought Goliath, was already a great decorated soldier, a mighty man of valor, and all that sort of thing. Now, trying to sort this out is not an easy thing. I, I, there are some debatable issues with what I'm going to say. But I, I'm inclined to think that the best explanation is that this is a summary of the next several years. And then we come back in time again when he fights Goliath. Let me explain why I think you do this. When you're telling a story, you just can't tell a story in absolute chronological order. If you did, it would become extremely disjointed. You know, you're telling about how these two people met, met that are important in the story, let's say. And so you're not going to say, all right, now this was born here, and this, and then they were born, and then this, and then that, and then that. You know, you've got to kind of tell one person's story, and they're going to tell the other person's story. Because if you don't, it just gets to be a mass of details that have no real coherence. And so we are learning that the Spirit of God came on David when he was anointed. Well, that leads him to say, this, the Spirit of the Lord left Saul. Well, that leads him to say that the evil spirit ended up tormenting Saul. This is not a one-time thing. This is over a period of time. And that leads him to explain what over time they decided to do about that. I don't suppose the first time that Saul had some sort of an attack 
they immediately suggested the music therapy. But as this got to be a real problem for him, and he was really troubled by these things, they eventually suggested that, and eventually David was selected. And it's even obvious through this that verse 23, for example, whenever the evil spirit came, David would do this. So this is talking about a period of time. So I think that we are kind of finishing out the story. Spirit comes on David, spirit leaves Saul, evil spirit comes, these things happen. And so we're kind of going way on out in time. And then we'll back up to the story of Goliath. As I say, there are some difficulties with that perspective. But I would, you know, invite you to consider that. I think that I think that solves more difficulties than it raises. But uh, you can go from there. Do you have some comments or questions on any of this here in chapter 16? Yes, John. Uh, evil spirit from the Lord. Can you explain that? Uh, well, I don't know. I can try. Um, the Lord can punish in different ways. And the Lord can use um, negative things to punish. I don't know exactly how this evil spirit from the Lord operated. But I do know that God in 2 Thessalonians 2 can send a deluding influence to cause people to believe what is false. I know in 1 Kings 22 that the Lord sent deceiving spirits into the mouths of the prophets of Ahab to try to deceive him, etc. So it's not particularly out of the question that the Lord can use evil things to punish wicked people. Comment? Luke? Um, I have a comment on like the warrior thing. Do you think that was because he was like a shepherd and maybe fought off wolves to save his flock that he got a reputation of being like a protector of his sheep and like a warrior maybe? Is that? I don't think so. I think this is talking about how he fought a lot of battles later on in his life. I mean, you know, after Goliath, but before he became king, that he developed a reputation as a warrior. Yeah, Josh. So is this saying the music therapy was? Yeah, calm him down. Doesn't it? I mean, we even see that. Aren't there times that uh, some good music will kind of calm someone who's really agitated and upset and maybe paranoid or stressed or whatever? Now, it didn't work in the ultimate sense because he kept having these bouts of whatever. You know, if it really cured his problem, he wouldn't have kept recurring. But, you know, the world sometimes will suggest things. I mean, what do we typically suggest today if somebody has some attacks or whatever? Medicine. You know, take some, you know, tranquilizers. You know, whatever. Take something to calm you down. And does that work? Well, in some senses it does. I mean, aren't there times that somebody takes something and they feel a little better? They're not as stressed, they're not as tense, and they're not as aggressive. Yeah, I mean, those things work in that sense. Doesn't mean that solves the problem. They're probably just going to have to keep taking them, and they'll probably eventually, you know, whatever they're taking, you know, loses its effect, and they'll have to change the medication, and so forth and so on. Most of those things, well, they're not really dealing with the root of the problem. I mean, and that's so often what the world's going to offer us. The world's going to offer us all kinds of things to make us feel better. And they may make us feel better for a while. 
But they're not really solving the issue with Saul. The issue was he wasn't obeying the Lord. That's what's really the problem. But we don't often analyze it. You know, the world's always going to say, well, your problem is, you know, and, and they're going to have some idea, and they're going to give you something, and it's not going to help like the Lord. Nathan. I think we're bothered by like the evil spirit because maybe just the very surface reading it sounds like God's not allowing Saul to be right or something like that. But you know, God seems to like amplify the characteristics of you know the righteous and the wicked alike. You know, like like we've talked about from the beginning. You know, the humble He's going to lift up. He's going to cause them to do a lot of great things, and the proud He's going to bring down, down, and down. You know, and you know throughout the section we see just how awful it is to be the type of person Saul is and how he ends up in every way just miserable, savage, you know, and that's what happens when you are rebellious and not submissive to the Lord. Exactly. And God wants us to see that. Nobody made Saul disobey God as he's been doing. But when Saul continues to stubbornly seek his own way, God will give him a power assist. You know, he'll be punished with this evil spirit. God delivers over people to what they want. That's not something God does initially, but it's a punishment for the lifestyle they've chosen. Kind of like God hardening Pharaoh's heart after Pharaoh had been so stubborn and hardened. John? I guess uh, my, my real uh, problem with the, the that phrase, the evil spirit from the Lord, is... is that fact, the evil spirit from the Lord. And thinking about that, you know, because I guess the whole reason, you know, for I guess our salvation is that God cannot abide with with evil or wickedness, and that's why we have to be, you know, made clean so that we can be with Him. And uh, you know, so just the, just the fact that it's saying an evil spirit or evil comes from the Lord is there. Am I thinking wrong about that, or how how do we deal with that? Well. I don't know. Maybe. When it says evil, it doesn't necessarily mean wicked. It may mean a, a, a judgment spirit, a, a spirit that brings problems, not necessarily a wicked spirit. So evil sometimes just means you know bad things happening. Though it's not out of the question for God to use wicked things for his glory as well. But I think here this may just be a troubling spirit that, that upsets Saul as opposed to some sort of perverse kind of, a, you know, I don't know, sensual spirit or something. It's not that. It's something that's troubling him. So it's kind of like Job would say, you know, shall we accept just good from the Lord and not evil as well? You know, yeah. I mean, we in Lamentations, you know, is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both good and ill go forth or good and evil? Uh, God gives both things according to yeah, so the evil in those passages is the bad stuff that happens, not wicked, immoral stuff. Yeah, I, I think that may be the best. Jake? Uh, I think there's a parallel with uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians 12, where it's, it's from God, but it's a message from Satan to harass. And so there we see God using a message from Satan, and uh, obviously that's a hard thing from God. And Paul also has uh, the free will to decide who's going to respond to it. Good point. So God can use things Satan does for his purposes. Other thoughts, questions, comments on this? I got yes, one of the, on the chronology because like this is one of the glimmering moments when Saul loves David, <laughs> and 
it, it's not, it, I mean, almost immediately with, with Goliath after that, he's going to hate David because of the song. Um, and so, do you have any, I mean, we may, I, mean, I don't want to skip ahead, but like, any interest with like the chronology of this section? Like, there's a point, obviously, where he loves David and then he hates him. Yes. Well, you know, pretty much Saul and all of his family loved David at one time or another. Um, and, and I don't know that when Saul, when David kills Goliath, I don't think uh, that, that was not some, a time that, that, that Saul turned against David. It was sometime after that, after David had built up his reputation as being a warrior, killing lots of Philistines and lots of battles, that's when the people started, you know, exalting David above Saul, and Saul became jealous. So I would see, uh, you know, David's anointed, he kills Goliath, he eventually, you know, fights some battles and is uh, a musician for Saul, and then he eventually becomes so successful in battle that they start praising him above Saul, and then Saul becomes jealous and turns against him. Something like that is my reconstruction of that. So there's some ch challenges as we look at some of these things because we don't have all the details. Jake? I was going to side point with the music thing. Uh, I mean, maybe not everyone would agree with that, but I think we would clearly see, you know, music can calm me down. It's, uh, maybe though, we need to be honest and say that music also makes us feel and want to behave in other ways as well. And we should really need to be careful about that. There, I think music can be filled with hate. Uh, music can be inspiring to lust. I mean, some music just makes you want to get up and dance. And uh, I think when we're honest with ourselves, I think when we're honest with ourselves about that, that's probably not a very good thing. We need to be careful about that and oh, the words aren't bad, or, or the whatever, but be honest with yourself with what that music makes you want to do, and uh, be careful. Okay, yeah, it may depend on uh, what your habits are as to what makes you want to do, but, uh, <laughs> but at any rate, certain music would be more common. <laughs> All right, other questions are common. All right, chapter 17, we have a real crisis that is, has come upon the Israelite army. The uh, Philistines are the problem again, and uh, one of the things that apparently was a semi-common practice in ancient times was uh, settling a war using single combat. And the idea is, rather than having a full-out army versus army, the two sides select their best warrior. The two of them duke it out, and winner takes all. That way you don't have to actually fight the battle. I don't know how conclusive those things usually were. Didn't seem helpful <laughs> in this case. But at least that was, this is not the only occasion that something like this was tried in ancient times, from what I understand. So that's the setting. That's what we're going to have here. So would somebody read chapter 17, verses 1 to 16? 